0: Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tiu.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate dashboard to build, modify, and track your mobile apps and mobile websites. This is Wen Tu, your host for Mobile Power and Profit, the show that discusses the latest information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. Each week, we bring you insights from the mobile industry thought leaders from around the globe. Joining us this week joining us this week is Atul Satija, Chief Revenue Officer at Inmobi the mobile-first ad platform enabling brands, developers, and publishers to engage mobile consumers globally. At Inmobi, tool, manages overall revenue and operations and is responsible for scaling the business globally. Welcome to the show, Atul. We're so glad to have you.
2: Thank you so much, Ben. Very good to be on the show as well. Thank you.
1: So I heard Mobi just had a billion unique devices on your network this February. Congratulations.
2: Thank you so much. Yes, it's, uh, it's indeed uh, a very interesting and a large milestone. Uh, so very glad uh, we're still in the middle of celebrating that and yeah. digesting that. It's a huge number. Uh, mm-hmm. And very few companies you know, globally have managed to hit that number. So very proud of that. Yeah.
1: So it must have been quite a challenge going up against giants in the mobile ad space like Google Health. How- did a startup like in Mobi scale and expand to get to where you are now?
2: It's been a very fun ride. You know, we are now uh, a seven- 8 year, seven to eight-year-old company, and uh, I think one of the few things that we have done very well uh, is that we have stayed very, very focused on focused on technology and products. Uh-huh. And what that indirectly meant for the company is, you know, we almost had to reimagine the company every two years given the pace of mobile ecosystem change. Uh, you know, when you look at the history when we started the company, it was the world of feature phones, especially in Asia where we started the company from. Yep. And uh, as we traveled this journey, you know, we reimagined ourselves from being a feature phone mobile web company to an HTML5 smartphone uh, mobile web company to then mobile apps using SDKs and being in the apps world. Yeah. That was one dimension. You know, even on uh, the ad experiences for users, we had to reimagine ourselves from being a banner advertising, uh, you know, uh, provider to something which is more engaging, more deep, whether it's rich media, full screen ads, to video ads, to now native advertising that we've been spending time for the last two years on. Uh, even geographically, you know, we had to ro- uh, move our business from uh, – you know, being only focused in Southeast Asia, India, and other eastern countries to being a global mobile advertising company. And uh, I think it's good fun when you have some very large global companies with deep on-ground presence in all of these countries to a startup trying to compete with them in each country and building the presence. But it's been very, very thoroughly, uh, you know, eventful uh, and a fast-paced journey.
1: So that's just a lot of change, basically reinventing the company every two years, just because mobile as a technology and the devices out there has changed so rapidly, um, changing because of your geographic uh, concentration, where you started out, and just the industry as a whole. So what was the secret sauce that Mobi figured out of being able to um, not only reinvent themselves, but do it um, on a regular basis
2: successfully? I think it comes down to the DNA of the company. Uh, I think the core values of the company almost always have a stronger role to play in how the company shapes than almost everything else that you will see, uh, whether it's a strategy of the company or business focus or markets or an individual product. I think somewhere the values and the DNA of the company kind of uh, uh, really determines how the company will play out uh, over medium to long term. I think even at InMobi when you look at it you know our core values of being entrepreneurial being passionate uh are some of these things which kind of uh, are leading indicators of how we kind of handle change over time uh being entrepreneurial is really really important we are a startup but mobile industry is also you know an ecosystem that is very young very rapidly changing so if you're not adaptable if you're not changing fast enough if you're not learning fast enough Uh, If the DNA of the company is not that creating entrepreneurs in the company, then it is very difficult to have an organization that is spread out across the globe change that fast. Uh, But I think sticking true to that value is is something that really helped us uh, evolve over time.
1: So speaking of being passionate um, and being entrepreneurial, um, and Movi has helped a lot of different companies um, really be successful in their user acquisition efforts. Um, and even mm-hmm, a recent mm-hmm. study found that paid users are no less active than organic users. So, Atul, what advice would you give to our listeners who are looking to start their own acquisition campaigns then?
2: That's a very good question when, uh, as you said, right, we have seen in the market advertisers tell us, you know, data points from third-party sources tell us, That the LTV parity is proven now for at least all the good quality UA providers, right, Uh, like us, and probably other, uh, uh, you know, other large global players who are giving good quality users to their own uh, networks and uh, their own UA properties. Uh, When we go and talk to the new UA companies who are just getting started, trying to acquire users to paid media, like us, I think one of the few things that we have learned over time is that uh, one. Uh, people should be very, very open to experimenting a lot. What works for one particular category of advertisers does not work for others. Uh, What works for one advertiser within the same category also does not mean it will work for everyone else. So I think experimentation is really important for any advertiser who's looking at UA. Obviously, it's known in the PC market, but even on mobile, given the complexity of mobile ecosystem, as well as the relative, uh, uh, you know, infancy that the ecosystem is in. It means experimentation is even more critical on mobile than it is on PC.
1: So when do you Uh, you, you stop experimenting then? Because a lot of people say, okay, I have a fixed budget, I'll experiment. But since there is no uh, silver bullet answer, what advice would you give to listeners of when to stop experimenting?
2: I think most advertisers do have some rough, some rough benchmarks on the economics that will work for them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you are in a very safe zone when you know that you know you are spending lower than uh, the minimum cost that you want to put on a certain user. Uh, yeah. After that, it's always a game of efficiency, right? But once you are in that safe zone where you know that you are spending X and making you know a certain large number on it, whether it's 1.5 X or 3 X. is is a function of uh, each advertiser, but largely, you know, you're in the zone. Then it's largely a game of driving more and more efficiencies, right? So I think experimentation is important to take it from zero to one. One to 100 is not a zone where uh, you would worry too much about continuing to experiment to see whether mobile marketing works for you or not. Zero to one is where you're saying, hey, it's ineffective for me right now. I can't even get started. So you need to experiment across a variety of different things to see what works for you. And once you know what largely works or you're in the zone of things that are working, it's very easy to scale from there.
1: So, what are some so getting
2: to a positive ROI is acting critical.
1: So, you know, the, the concept of zero to one, you know, it's really popular right now. And a lot of people are talking about it. But um, when you experiment to zero to one, it can get very expensive, um, that initial step. Would you have any tips for our listeners of how to most efficiently, you know, really experiment in the most effective way? Any rules of thumbs that you can um, offer to our
2: listeners? Sure. I think there are three things that really matter when you're looking at uh, advertising in general, but even more on uh, measured advertising, like, you know, uh, mobile marketing or PC marketing. And I think the, the rules remain the same. I think focus on content. Uh, the message that you are giving needs to be very, very precise, crisp. You should obviously experiment with the different uh, messages that you are, but focusing on content is very important. The second key thing is you know, focusing on creative. Uh, people try to experiment from different creative uh, sizes, formats, calls to action, uh but doing creative experiments is is very critical we have seen that uh, people see very different order of magnitude in terms of performance across creative sizes and even uh, uh you know actual creatives and the third most important thing which we have seen is is the holy grail uh, is the targeting right uh, how do you find the audience uh, that you are looking for do you even know the audience that you are looking for uh, and if yes, how sharply do you get it? How much spillovers do you want to experiment with? Uh, mobile is very early stage, so even having the targeting uh, at a very, very precise level is uh, is a lot of work. You have to really figure out proxy means to be sure of where to find the users. Uh, device IDs aren't that clear today, but as, uh, as you work with providers like in mobile, there's a lot of learning that we have aggregated over time that allows you to you know, be as precise as you can on, on mobile marketing, finding users on the right app concepts, finding users on the right demographics, in the right context, at the right location. Uh, you know, playing with all of these things uh, uh, can really make a big difference. So to summarize, content, creative, and targeting are, I think, the three main main pillars, I would say, of, uh, of uh, any experiment for any new mobile USI.
1: So let's really focus on targeting. A lot of the customers that Rumble um, talks to feel like there's a very steep learning curve between desktop targeting, where it's very cookie-based, over to mobile, where cookies don't really exist. Um, Let's talk more about that um, in the next uh, segment. Um, We just have to break right now for the commercial break, and we'll be right back.
0: Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout 30620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? app? Point-click. And it's live in real time. Power, your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's when to...
1: Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. We have with us today Atul Satija from Inmobi. In our last segment, we were talking about the learning curve of how important um, the three things that Atul has um, suggested to our listeners when it comes to user acquisition, focusing on content, focusing on creatives and finally focusing on targeting, and targeting is sort of an area that I find really interesting—a tool in which a lot of uh, marketers and publishers um, have a very steep learning curve because they're used to cookies-based in the desktop world, but in the mobile yeah. world, it doesn't quite exist. How how do you sort of help educate um, your clients about the difference between the two?
2: Yeah, I think mobile is. Uh... Obviously, a new ecosystem, and hence uh, you know, what worked in PC does not necessarily work as it is on mobile. Having said that, I think we have come a very long way in mobile. From the early days of uh, uh, device ID fragmentation, things not working out. But now, thanks to Apple and Google, I think it's reasonably standardized. It is not 100% sorted yet, but it is reasonably standardized right now with Google and Apple having their own IDs uh, which, you know, most publishers are now comfortable with, most advertisers are now comfortable with, most networks are now comfortable with and standardized on. And hence, it's very easy for an advertiser to now look at a mobile campaign, look at users persistently across publishers, uh, and be able to target them very well. The challenge that remains, however, is that, uh, uh you still are unable to match the users uh, very deterministically across a PC cookie versus a mobile browser cookie versus a, a device ID that you know from the apps. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of work is happening right now. Uh, cross-screen targeting, cross-device targeting is still in the early stages on mobile, but a lot of companies are investing, including mobile, a lot into this. And I'm very hopeful in the next one year, it will be in a very stable state of targeting, even cross-screen on cross-device. Uh, having said that i think even today uh we are at a very very you know healthy state where you are able to see users target users retarget users uh, on mobile apps uh yeah. without any problem and people are seeing amazing results when they look at that uh i think cross devices is where there's a lot of interest right now where yeah. advertisers want to get to the same users that they have on pc on when they are in mobile apps and that's an area where uh, there are technologies that exist. There are options that exist, but they are not at massive scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not super clean today. But I think at the pace that's which well, innovation is happening in that within the next six to nine months, you will see industry at a very different state. A uh, max in a year, this will, be, this will be a gone problem.
1: Okay. Would you make a bet on that in 12 months that we'll have a more standardized cross-device targeting standard?
2: I think, yes, in the next one year, we won't be as worried about it. Okay. Uh, the other way to look at this is, when, uh, uh, which is very interesting, is that so today mobile is already sitting at 50-60% of uh, usage for most publishers. Yeah. Uh, right. In one year, that number will, will be close to 75%. Mm-hmm. So other than historical efficiency uh, getting carried over to mobile, uh, the value of cross-screen is already diminishing by the day. Yep. So in one year, somewhere the problem will anyway be of the past where you know, in one year, users are so much on mobile, 70%, 75% of the usage is on mobile. More than half the transactions will be happening on mobile, which means that the magnitude of the problem, just by user behavior shifting on mobile, uh, will also be very small. So yeah. problem will have a natural death of its own. And if not, you know, we, we are anyway investing in solving for that. And I think in six to nine months, you will see us in a very different zone of comfort. Their advertisers feel happy that they are able to get that efficiency of their expense from PC when they carry over to mobile.
1: Yeah. So as, you know, as mobile becomes a bigger and bigger pie of the overall digital viewing, what you said by next year will be 70%, um, I want to then focus on to your second point of what you feel a lot of marketers should focus on, which are the creatives. Um, more specifically, mm-hmm. native advertising. Um, It seems to be that native has become a very popular thing for both uh, marketers and publishers. What are the the things companies have to watch out for when they go into native advertising?
2: That's a very good question, uh, Ben, and something that is very close to uh, our heart at Inmobi. We have invested in the last two years a lot of native advertising. We were the first ones to launch a self-serve native advertising platform in the ecosystem. It's been almost a year now, and we have seen a very large number of publishers come to InMobi and pick native. We have close to about 200 different publishers on native, live on our network, mm-hmm. across different variety of verticals. You know, from social to news to entertainment to utilities. Uh, many different types of publishers have come and tried native. Uh, and similarly, on the advertising side, we see variety of different brands, auto, CPG. Uh, finance trying native, and uh, also on the gaming side and commerce, you see variety of advertisers trying native. What we have seen consistently is that the conversion rates on native are consistently significantly better than what people see on non-native ad formats on mobile. And the range is huge. You know, as high, you know, as low as 75% increase to as high as 5 to 7x increase is what we see on native. Uh, which indirectly means that publishers make more money with Native. Users yes. like the ad experience of Native because it is not intrusive. Uh, and advertisers get far better ROI because CVR is being higher and hence they're being comfortable to pay higher price for Native. Yes. So I think Native is really solving for the mobile monetization gap relative to PC uh, mm-hmm. by offering uh, better value for all stakeholders in the ecosystem. Uh. I think what we've also seen is that native is pretty interesting because the benchmarks are not there. Uh You can have a native ad which is uh, in real estate as big as a full screen ad like an interstitial and native also being as small as a small thumbnail ad, right? Like a bookmark ad or a thumbnail or an icon ad. Yep. And uh the, the CTR really varies as we know with the size of the ad. You know, a very small icon which takes... uh you know, less than 5% of the realists on the screen versus a full screen app has a very different CTR. So it is also an education process that we and the publishers are going through together. Uh, and I think we have reached a level of maturity now where we have best practices by vertical, by implementation, uh, by different native experiences that we have. So while uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's I'm still happy. early stage, but native is really delivering a, a very different order of magnitude as value uh, to everyone.
1: Great. Right. So let's talk a little bit more of the best practices, which you say, um, you know, in Mobi launched the first self-serve native ad platform out there. It's been there for a year. Um, we're, you're seeing really high ROI up to 5x, 7x, which is incredible. But in order to scale out native, um, it has to be almost, um, standardized units. Which standard native Mm -hmm. units do you see working really well across the board that you can um, tell our users?
2: Yeah, it's a very good question, Venn. I think it's really a function of uh, which vertical uh, the publisher is from. For example, most of the social publishers, you know, messengers and social apps and chat apps, uh, a typical experience you will see in that which works very well is a regular feed ad right? You have these, uh, and I think the most common example that people can relate to is the Facebook news feed, right? Most social apps have some sort of a feed, uh, which is, uh, you know, typically a vertical scroll, where people keep scrolling infinitely on a vertical uh, axis and, uh, you know, having a a native ad come as a feed in that vertical scroll, here works really, really well. Uh, the experience obviously varies by publisher, but I think a feed-based ad uh, on native platform works very well for social guide. Uh mm-hmm. Similarly, when you go and look at the news apps, you will see that, you know, news apps are structured a lot by article pieces. So, yeah. you know, you typically have a full page of an article, uh, which again is a vertical full, but it's more of a content read. Uh, and you see that, you know, it's not... Uh, uh, a free ad is not a good experience in that one. It's typically a full-paid, sponsored content, which a lot of advertisers are very used to and comfortable with from the PC world. Uh, you know, it works very, very well on on news category there. Similarly, when you look at music apps, for example, music is an experience where people are largely uh, using the earphones, the phone is on a dark screen, they start the start the audio stream, Uh, and then they kind of plug the earphones and listen to the music. In those cases, we have seen that, uh, uh, you know, while people are on the playlist creating that, the ad experience is almost like a two-third of a banner, or uh, the ad unit is typically which is the backdrop of the album uh, from a sponsored feed standpoint, works really well. Uh, What we have also seen is, for example, uh, on the device home screen, there are experiences which are more like an app widget that works very well for utilities, right? Like a clock or yeah. a calendar or an email widget, right? So I think we have found these best practices by Vertical, uh, based on which we are now kind of going and guiding each publisher on what kind of experience they should implement. Obviously, the beauty with Native is that it allows for a lot of flexibility. People can integrate into the way consumers for their app consume the content, and hence, In almost every situation, the ad experience is far superior than it could be without. But best practices allow us to make sure that publishers are also happy with the monetization, while they are almost always happy with the experience anyways, given it is native. Uh, So I think, yeah, we've really made a lot of progress on native in the last one, year.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting, knowing about these best practices in native advertising. With that, we're going to take a break for commercials, but we'll be back soon with Atul Satija.
0: Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e commerce platforms and shipping carriers get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship webmasterradio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial go to shipstation.com slash webmaster radio now
3: shipping nirvana starts here Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at OrangeHillDevelopment.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix,
0: giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's when to.
1: We're back with Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. In this last segment of the show, we'd like to know more about the future of mobile advertising. First, there were display ads and then programmatic and then came native.
2: Atul, where do you see this trend leading us? Uh, so, then I think, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we are in a very, very early stage of mobile advertising even today. You know, we can look at the large numbers and say mobile advertising is a 15, 20, 25 billion dollar ecosystem. But despite that size, it's a very early stage ecosystem. And the reason why I say that is that, you know, you look at a number on one side saying today, you know, almost, uh, and I was reading eMarketer some time back and there was a data point that said, almost 54% of brands and agencies today have tried programmatic on mobile uh, versus, you know, 80, 85% on PC. Now, while 54% number, 50% number seems high, the actual spend that they have on programmatic on mobile is actually very small as compared to PC programmatic. Similarly on native, right? I mean, there are these native platforms on PC which are $100 million businesses alone only doing native advertising on PC. But if you look at mobile, while native is a large buzzword, uh, we have been doing native for the last one year. The size of native advertising on mobile is still very, very small. And the same thing is true for video. You know, video advertising on mobile is like two years uh, old uh, at best. Uh, And there are companies and, you know, part of our business which is on video, but they're all relatively small businesses all put together. Uh, so when you look at all of these things, right, whether it's video advertising, whether it's programmatic or whether it's native, we are just getting started on all of these. And if you look at two years out, three years out, the majority of the mobile advertising will be in non-banner space, right? And banners is what uh, what made the industry uh, get from zero to you know $10 billion, $15 billion. But I think... Uh, the growth dollars are almost all going to come from video and native programmatic. Yeah. We announced a big partnership with Rubicon uh, last year, where in partnership with Rubicon, we launched the InMobi exchange,
3: which is now
2: the world's largest mobile native uh, exchange. And uh, while we are offering a lot of native supply and publishers there, we are seeing a lot of experimentation happening on that from advertisers trying to figure out what works for them. Yeah. So I think uh, it will need the uh, next one, two years of uh, continuous innovation, best practices, education, uh, content to make sure that advertisers really trust the medium very well at scale and, uh, you know, over the next two years really bridge the gap that we have between the pricing on mobile advertising versus PC uh, as well as the overall spend levels, uh, you know, in absolute between PC and mobile. So I think we are two years away from mobile getting where it needs to be in terms of pricing and scale of spend. That's one large part of it. I think the second large part of it is that I think targeting on mobile has really evolved in the last two years. You know, we offer pretty much everything uh, that an advertiser asks for uh, when they spend money on uh, PC. But I think we are just scratching the surface given how powerful mobile can be, given that it's a companion device. In PC, people never even ask for You know, can you probabilistically say when a user is at home or office or on road or having a, you know, Friday night out? Like, these use cases are very unique to mobile. And while we provide these targeting, advertisers today are just scratching the surface and figuring out how to use it, right? And I think uh, over the next one and a half, two years, mobile targeting will take us to a level where people haven't even imagined uh, what they should be asking as questions uh, from their PC legacy. So we are very excited. We are very heavily invested. And I think in the next two years, you can see in Mobi as well as the other large mobile advertising players globally invest in targeting at a level where, you know, uh, the world will be a very different place from the lens of an advertiser trying to reach their users. Yeah, but-
1: uh, I have some
2: very interesting use cases and examples of that where, you know, uh, even simple things that uh, we don't... Uh, uh, you know, imagine possible on PC, like we can now tell you with a very high degree of confidence whether a person is holding the phone on the left hand or the right hand because there is certain angle that we use on the phone, uh, you know, when we are looking at the phone when it is on the left hand versus right, right? And that changes how you have a creative and a call to action because the thumb pressure uh, determines whether you will flip more or less, right? So you want the call to action to be on the right side or left side of the of the creative, based on which hand the phone is being held at. And these are very interesting use cases where technology is making this possible, but it is not available at scale. And if it is, people are not using it at scale. And I think uh, we'll be way past these questions in the next few years. Wow,
1: that's really amazing. Thank you, um, Atul. Um, That brings us to the end of this week's episode, episode with Atul Satija. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much for having me here once again.
1: And as a reminder to all our listeners, you can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, as well as the Webmaster Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining us for this week's Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble, the ultimate dashboard to build, modify, and track your mobile apps and mobile websites.